Hello, and welcome to the Bible Difficulties and Answers podcast. I'm your host, Lance Smith. Last week, we spent some time giving some groundwork on Christian apologetics, simply the reason for the faith. We're going to spend these next three weeks giving examples of the philosophical arguments for the existence of God. Hold on, hold on, don't stop the podcast. I know you just heard me mention something about philosophy, but trust me, I will attempt to make it easy to understand. You may be wondering, why do we need to understand philosophy to help understand God? Dr. David Foster of Seton Hall University published a paper in 1996 called Six Ways Theology Uses Philosophy. I'm not going to go through the whole paper here, but suffice it to say the first argument gives a nice foundation, and that is philosophy is a preamble to understand God. This means that, as Foster writes, and I quote, philosophy is a preamble to theology by refining concepts such as God, soul, substance, person, nature, justice, evil, and good, close quote. Is it any wonder that our finite minds have a difficult time understanding an infinite being? And if our finite minds could understand an infinite being, would that infinite being really be worthy of worship? So our first philosophical argument for God is one called the cosmological argument. Another more specific argument we discuss is called the Kalam cosmological argument. Keeping in mind that our podcast length, less than 15 minutes or so, keeps us here at about the 30,000 foot level. Hopefully it whets your appetite to explore a bit further on your own. That being said, let's dive in. The scientific community is almost unanimous in agreeing that the universe exploded into being. That means that prior to this Big Bang, space, time, and matter did not exist. As a Christian, I am perfectly aligned with this explanation of the beginning of the universe. It's comforting to know that when discussing the Big Bang, I know with confidence who did the banging. So this makes sense for the existence of an infinite being. Why is that? Since space, time, and matter had a specific beginning, that can only mean that something beyond space, time, and matter had to be the cause. Does that make sense? So as we carry this argument to its logical conclusion, Dr. Frank Turek in a blog post entitled, the universe had a beginning, says, this cause must also be personal in order to choose to create, intelligent to create such a fine-tuned universe, and powerful to create out of nothing. As a spaceless, timeless, immaterial, personal, intelligent, powerful being is exactly what theists call a god. And that's the end of uh, Dr. Turk's quote. So we have a big bang caused by the big banger. <laughs> Probably not what you're expecting today in a philosophical argument. Now, however, there's a counter argument used that says there really was no big bang. The universe, as we know, it has always existed. There was no beginning because you can't begin something that always was. It's kind of a nice attempt to take creation out of the equation and do away with the existence of a god. But this falls into a common philosophical conundrum called the infinite regress of time. The infinite regress of time. Hang with me here, folks. What this means is that it's impossible to have an infinite regress of time since time itself had to have a beginning. As Amy Hall wrote in a 2013 article entitled Who Created God? She says, and I quote, it's important to note that an infinite regress of causes is logically impossible. 
That is, there could not have been an infinite number of events happening one after another in our universe's past because we would never have reached the events happening now. There was a beginning, close quote. So what's she saying here? Simply, if there were an infinite number of days before today, as we're sitting here listening to this podcast, that today would have never gotten here. An infinite number of days before today would never have allowed us to get to today. Therefore, since today is here, that can only mean that there were a finite number of days before today's podcast. That can lead to only one inescapable conclusion, that time had a beginning. And something outside of time had to begin it. Hence the cosmological argument for the existence of God. And I think that was kind of fun. Now let's dive into an even more specific cosmological argument for God. And this is called the Kalam cosmological argument. And this is a fun one. One of the preeminent Christian scholars specializing in this field resides in the metro Atlanta, Georgia area, Dr. William Lane Craig. If you want to dive into a deep hole of scholarship regarding the Kalam cosmological argument, you can do no better than his website called Reasonable Faith. Now, let's describe briefly what Kalam is and what the Kalam cosmological argument is. Kalam is the science which is concerned with firmly establishing religious beliefs by adducing proofs and with banishing doubts. The name Kalam is Arabic, and the Kalam cosmological argument is so very simple. It's only comprised of three parts. Number one, everything that begins to exist has a cause. Number two, the universe began to exist. Number three, therefore the universe has a cause. Again, I'll repeat. Number one, everything that begins to exist has a cause. Number two, the universe began to exist. Number three, therefore the universe has a cause. In essence, everything that we can see, touch, taste, smell, and hear exists. Since it exists, it has a cause. We can all agree with that. The universe is no different. It exists. So it had a beginning, which means it had a cause. As Dr. Craig adds in his October 23rd, 2022 blog post, questions about the KCA, he writes, and I quote, in speaking about the creator, but in order to create the entire universe, Without a material cause, it must be unimaginably powerful. Close quote. So something so unimaginably powerful to create a universe from nothing, that gives us another philosophical underpinning for the existence of God. Now that may make sense for our universe, but some out there may be asking, what about the multiverse? Are we simply existing here in one universe out of many? And it's a popular topic in today's movies. Now, many folks today enjoy discussing the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I'm going to use Wikipedia here for a couple of these. In Wikipedia, it quotes, The multiverse also plays a role in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, MCU, which is known as Earth-199999 in the comics. Its concept was first introduced in Doctor Strange in 2016, before being explored more deeply in Phase 4 of the MCU, starting with Loki, 2021, Spider-Man No Way Home 2021, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness 2022, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania 2023, and the animated series What If 2021. Additionally, Sony's Spider-Man Universe, SSU, ties into the MCU multiverse. Spider-Man 
in into the Spider-Verse 2018 and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse 2023 also tie into the multiverse, along with one more upcoming film in the series. So now that we described a little bit about the multiverse and the MCU, how does it hold together? And I'm going to go back again to the Wikipedia article. The Marvel multiverse is protected from imbalance by the Living Tribunal, a vastly powerful humanoid cosmic entity who is one for the entire multiverse. It may act to prevent one universe from amassing more power than any of the others or from upsetting the cosmic balance in some way. This is the last sentence here. It is only overseen by the one above all, an omnipotent entity said to have created the entire Marvel multiverse. I'll close the quote. Did you catch that last sentence? It is overseen by the one above all, an omnipotent entity. What's an omnipotent entity that would be one above all? We call that God. Now, while that was a fun way to get into the multiverse, it also undergirds the issue with the multiverse as a whole. It's a God of the gaps argument that attempts to explain our origins without having a God, and it really fails. Now, did you realize, and I did not until I started researching this podcast, that the multiverse went as far back as the ancient Greeks? Marcelo Gleiser is a professor of natural philosophy, physics, and astronomy at Dartmouth College. On August 17, 2022, he wrote an article entitled, Why the, Why the Multiverse is a God of the Gaps Theory. Multiverses are said to exist due to one of two main causes, either inflationary cosmology or the superstring theory. The underpinnings of these causes are far too detailed for this podcast, but you can click, click on the link in the show notes if you'd like to research it a bit further. After delving into each of these areas, Gleaser concludes, but it should be clear that the multiverse, in a curious inversion, is playing the exact same role as the God of the Gaps. God's existence is not provable by observations. The multiverse is not provable by observations. God explains the universe. The multiverse explains the universe. The multiverse then is a lot like God. That's weird, right? So no matter, and I'm closing the quote here, so no matter which way we go, Big Bang or the hypothetical multiverse, we're left with one inescapable conclusion that there is a God behind it. Now, when you started today's podcast regarding the philosophy of the existence of God, did you really expect to go into discussions about the Big Banger or the Marvel Cinematic Universe? The philosophy of, of understanding God to me is a lot of fun. And that's my goal is to have fun while we learn together here. Now, keep in mind, as we go through these next several weeks regarding the philosophical arguments for the existence of God, we are seeking to prove that God exists through philosophy. These arguments do not prove the Christian God. That's going to come a bit later. Please reach out to me directly at our email address, BibleDifficultiesAndAnswers at gmail.com with questions, comments, concerns, fits of righteous indignation, or just to say hi. Also, please like and subscribe to this podcast and also write a review and give it a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Pocket Cast, or your podcast venue of choice. It really does help to get the word out about the most amazing book ever written. Again, I'm Lance Smith. Until next time, I wish you good luck, good health, and God bless. So long, everybody.